Destiny City. Destiny City. Destiny City. Destiny City. Destiny City Church, a community of believers committed to helping others find and fulfill their God-given destiny. I'm going to share just a couple of things with you about truth today. You know, in living uh, in, in, in the time that we're living in right now, um, you know, we're living in a, in a drug epidemic. I don't know if you realize that or not, but with prescription medication, um, it's a big money deal, man. And uh, if I can be just, can I be brutally honest with you today? I mean, is that cool if I can just speak some truth? So some of you might get mad. I don't know, but I just, you know, it's, it's interesting, you know. Um, I've been in this for 30 years. My wife and I are celebrating 30 years in North Carolina. And um, it's, in, it's been incredible to see the transition of our world even and what's going on. You know, it's interesting. If you read the book that David Wilkerson wrote many, many years ago called The Vision, he foretold some things. He actually prophesied of things that some of you uh, weren't even born yet that have come to pass now, like before we had Internet. Before we, we were able to get pornography into our house or onto our phone, young people are facing things today that you and I never did if you're my age. I just turned 59. Come on, everybody say wow. Yeah. Pastor Don, here's what Pastor Don said. He just said, bless your heart. Like, I'm old, I'm old as dirt, you know what I'm saying? Um, but... You know, so, you know, back in my day growing up, we didn't face all that kind of stuff. You know, and as my daughter was sharing this morning, you know, there's young people today that are facing things in life that you and I never did. And so it's so important to set guards around your family. Come on, somebody say amen. I might meddle a little bit this morning. I'm not going to take long. How many of you know that a message doesn't have to last forever for it to be eternal? Amen. And by the way, if I had a disclaimer this morning, the words that I will speak to you this morning, they're not my own. The words that I'm going to speak to you are words from the one who sent me. And that's really what I want to base this morning on. And I want to speak some truth to you today. Living in a day, you know, when um, it's just so easy to medicate, you know, and, and in Teen Challenge, let me just tell you that one of the main things that we do is teach somebody a new way of life to replace their old one. Amen? And so, you know, uh, as these guys have come out of an old lifestyle, they're coming to our campus, and they're, they're coming saying, I'm open to learn and to hear something new, you know, to take and replace the, the, the whole life that I used to live now by this one that is a biblical model. Come on, somebody say amen. I was reading in my devotions the other day about Samuel building the temple, and it talked about how he built it according to the original design. And how many of you know today that we have got way far away from the original design? The temple of God. By the way, that was a physical temple, but how many of you know that you and I are the temple of the Holy Spirit? Did you know that? And so God has called you and I to live according to the original design. And in the day in which we live, the guys that come to us to make this a very simple equation, we help them to first of all discover the God-given need that they've been trying to meet through drugs or alcohol. Okay, let me just tell you what I'm saying here. Let me just break that down real easy here. So some people drink because they're fearful. They lack security. How many of you know that God wants you to be secure in Him? 
Amen. Come on. Okay, so there's all different kinds of reasons why people drink or use drugs. But here's the thing is God has a God-given need for us to have security. Where should we find that? In Jesus Christ, right? But so when somebody is insecure and they don't have the original uh, you know, pattern of, of biblical life, then they begin to medicate or to drink because when I drink, all of a sudden I have courage or security. Are you guys tracking with me? Now, somebody else might drink for a different reason. Like maybe they had something traumatic happen in their life. Let me just tell you, I've had people in my office tell me the most horrific things that you could not even imagine. Like somebody who would say, you know, my priest... Or my pastor sexually abused me. Come on, somebody say authority. Somebody say trust. Right? Well, you know, so there's authority and trust issues. No wonder people do the things that they do. No wonder people use drugs or alcohol because life is crazy today. And things come our way that maybe we never expect. I had a young man in my office. His father left his mother and uh, united with a man, and he was raised sitting on a bar stool of a gay club in Florida. How many of you know that that guy's life was traumatized? You know what, as a young man, he faced things that he never should have faced. I had another gentleman in my office one time, he told me about how his dad used to beat his mother and would tie him up in the basement and pee on him. This is a successful businessman who's married and has his own children. Never, never received help for those kinds of traumatic issues happening in his life. Do you blame him for drinking? Do you blame him for wanting to medicate? I don't blame him at all. But how many of you know today that God has a way of touching and healing even people who have been traumatized by the most traumatic things. Amen? Hey, so let me just say this before I go any further, okay? All right? Moms and dads, no one's going to love your kids like you do. I want you to listen to me just real close. All right? doesn't matter what everybody else does. What matters is what you do. So raise your children in the admonition of the Lord and set boundaries around them. It doesn't matter if everybody else has a cell phone. It doesn't matter if everybody else watches uh, HBO or whatever. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. You see, young people are facing stuff that they should never have to face, you know. We guarded our kids, you know, growing up, and uh, they didn't go to sleepovers, man. If we wanted to have a sleepover, they had it at our house. Now, I know I might be a little narrow-minded, but man, my kids are my responsibility. Now, I have a granddaughter. Man, I thank you so much for doing that. Is that cool? Hey, so if I could just tell you, please guard your children. You know, it's interesting. You know, even in, in, even in the church, even in the house of God. My daughter was almost molested in a pastor's home. 
My wife and I are sitting in the living room talking to some pastor friends of mine. Jamie's about three and Brandon's about two. And uh, we're sitting in the home. All of a sudden, my wife has the Holy Ghost just all over, and she's like, where's Jamie? Where's Brandon? And she gets up and runs in the other room. My son's sitting in the middle of a, of a room staring at the closet door. She opens the door, and there he is unzipping his pants. Come on, somebody say, take care of your kids. Hey, am I just being too honest? You guys okay in here? Are you guys cool? I'm just being real. I'm just speaking, you know, some, some truthy this morning. This is not from the Bible. I'm just speaking some very practical things to you. Guard your children. No one will love your children like you do. You guys okay over there? I'm looking at Brooke, man. He's like, you guys cool? According to the original model, you don't know what other people do in their home but you know what's going on in your home. Guard your kids. Come on, everybody say that with me. Guard your kids. That'll be point number one, even though that's not what I'm preaching on this morning. I want to preach to you about truth today, and that's this. I want you to hear this from me, okay? God's called you to freedom. He's not called you to be bound. So many people today, even in the church, They've been born again. They may even be spirit-filled, but they're still bound and carrying baggage. How many of you remember last time I was with you when we were over at the school? I believe I preached a message called, Can the Dead Live Again? And it was on Easter. And we called Lazarus forth. How many of you were? Was anybody there? Do we got some folks that are still here with me? You remember that? Amen. We talked about peeling the grave clothes off of people. So, you know, Jesus called his dear friend from the dead, but he was still wrapped in some grave clothes. And so many times in the church, there's some unwrapping that needs to happen. I'll never forget, I've had people come to me after years of hearing that message, come to me with a piece of grave clothes saying, I'm still believing for my family member. Not just to be called forth from the dead, but for them to be loosed and freed. Come on, everybody say loosed. As I get ready to close the service this morning, and as we get ready to pray in this altar, not only for you and for your families, but for this city, I just want you to know that God's called you to freedom. Go ahead and you can throw point number one up there if you want to. It's in Galatians. Galatians chapter one, you've been called to freedom. Excuse me, chapter five, verse one. It is for freedom that Christ had set us free. Everybody say freedom. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Listen, so the blood of Jesus Christ breaks the chains from our lives, and God has called you and I to live in freedom. Come on, everybody say freedom. You see, that word literally means to be loosened or to be released or to be delivered. God doesn't want you just to be born again and to be spirit-filled, but he wants you to walk in complete freedom. Can I just tell you, I had somebody over here, and we were singing about it this morning. That blessed me this morning, Jeremy. I don't know where he is, but we were singing about him setting us free. And so many people today are bound, listen, by so many different things, things like fear, things like insecurity or depression, things like unforgiveness. Come on, somebody wave at me. If you know what I'm talking about. Some people, they've been bound by religion. 
There's people today that are gathered in places all around the world in some kind of worship, trying to be good enough. How many of you have ever tried to be good enough? Can I just tell you that God hasn't called you to try and be good enough. He's just called you to be free. He'll take that, he'll take that and he'll change and transform and renew your life as you come to know the truth and the truth makes you free. Go ahead and throw my second point up there if you would do that. Check it out. John chapter 8, verse 31. The truth, come on, everybody say truth. You see, the truth will make you free. For me to open my, my eyes and allow myself to think that maybe I have been wrong. How many, how many of you have ever learned something, maybe even in the church, and then found out that what you learned was incorrect? Come on, raise your hand. I know I have. God revealed things through, through the Scripture, by the Spirit of God, and all of a sudden I realized that something that somebody taught me was incorrect. Come on, somebody say give, and it shall be given to you. Press down, shaking together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. Amen. How many times have we used that Scripture to take an offering? Are you with me? Hey, put that scripture in the context. If you read right before that, it talks about forgiveness. Come on, wave at me, everybody. Are you listening? Okay, so that principle rolls over in, 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 into every area of our life. But how many of you know that that's, that scripture is actually speaking to giving forgiveness? Come on, pray this prayer with me. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We know it, don't we? Thy kingdom come, and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. Come on, say it. As we forgive those who trespass against us. You see, so in the same measure that we give forgiveness, we'll receive it. Are you with me? You see, so the truth will set you free. Coming to know the truth. Look what it says. If you, everybody say if. That is a conditional statement, isn't it? If you hold to my teachings, then you truly are my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Go to the next slide. Look at John 8, 36. So if the Son sets you free, come on, everybody say it. You've been called to freedom. The truth will make you free. And you will be, come on, say it with me, free indeed. How many of you know somebody that needs to be free today? Right? You know what I believe? I believe this. I believe that as we gather in this altar this morning and as we pray together, And call their names out. I believe that the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the God of heaven, will hear our prayer and he'll release an answer. And that people will be delivered and set free. How many of you know somebody that's using drugs or alcohol? Come on, wave at me. How many of you have somebody in your own sphere of influence that needs to be delivered? Today, maybe we could stand in for them and pray for them and call their name out. Amen.
you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Come on, somebody say process. How can I know the truth unless I learn, right? I don't know about you, but when I first came to Christ, I didn't know very much. Anybody here, right? But man, as I sat under, as I sat under great pastors and leaders, I become to know the truth, and the truth began to set me free and deliver me. It's a process. 2 Corinthians 5.17, Teen Challenge was founded on, Wherefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things. I love the King James translation. It says, are become new. That is just weird English, isn't it? Are become. Everybody say that with me. Are become. It's are. Maybe a pirate wrote that. I don't know. It is a process. So I get born again. Am, am I changed and am I transformed in that moment? Yes, but there's a lifelong process of becoming a follower of Jesus Christ, right? And my life begins to be changed and transformed as I learn the word of God and I follow the teachings of Jesus Christ and I become the man or the woman that God has actually created me to be. Amen? You believe that today? Go to the next slide, number four, and I'm getting ready to close. Everybody say he's getting ready to close now. I really am. It's not even noon. That's pretty good. Yeah, it is by the name of Jesus Christ that you'll be made free. We read in Acts chapter 3 and 4 a story about a man that was brought to the gate beautiful. And he fixed his eyes on Peter and John and said, you know, give me something. Peter fixed his eyes on him and said, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give to you. Arise and be made whole. And they picked him up. Come on. They picked him up. And then it says that he went away jumping and leaping and praising God. Peter and John were put into prison for doing the right thing. Then they were brought before, you know, before the judicial system. And their statement about what happened was this. It was the name of Jesus Christ that did this. It wasn't on our own authority. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen. In closing, I want you to turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 16. You've been called to freedom. It's true. Come on, everybody say it's true. It is. You've been called to freedom. Acts chapter 16, I'm going to read at verse 25, and then we're going to pray, and we're going to close. You've been called to freedom. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. The truth will make you free, and you will be free indeed, and it is by the name of Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 4, verse 7. In closing, let me read this together. And then we're going to pray. By the way, has anybody told you they love you today? Look at your neighbor and say, I love you. That's good. That's good. Look at your other neighbor. Maybe you could smile while you say that. Yeah. Show them some teeth. I love you. I love you, man. That's great. You're telling your age, man. You know that, right? 
Here, let me tell you this. I don't know if anybody's told you this recently, but he loves you. You're loved by God. We didn't, do, we didn't do the song this morning, but I love the song, Good, Good Father. Come on, somebody say, it's who I am. You're loved by God today. He loves you. And can I just tell you something? I don't know what's going on in your life, but none of it has escaped him. Not only is he aware of your struggles and your need, not only is he aware of your victories, but he cares about you and he loves you with an incredible passion this morning. This morning as we pray together, and as we praise together, I believe that the foundations of this county will be shaken. And that the chains will be begin to be loosened and that people will be delivered and set free. I believe that the healing power of God will be released in this place, even this morning. Not only here, but in this county as we pray that God would begin to move by His Spirit. Are you with me this morning? He loves you this morning. Come on, somebody say, I am loved. He loves you. By the way, ladies, you're beautiful this morning. You, I thought I heard a man go, woo. I said, ladies, you're beautiful this morning. Did you know that? Amen. You guys are beautiful today. Did you know that? You're fearfully and wonderfully made. You're beautiful in the eyes of God. You're one of his creations. And he loves you just the way you are. It's true. Evan, I'm going to ask if you'd just come and grab your guitar. Jamie, if you'd come to the keyboard. I want to read something. Doesn't matter what kind of clothes you're wearing today, what your hair looks like, how much you have or how little you have. You're loved by God this morning. In Acts chapter 16, verse 25, after Paul and Silas were thrown into prison for seeing a little demon-possessed girl delivered and her owners getting upset because she was earning them a lot of money. Verse 25 says, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying. Can you think about that? How many of you know that it would have been a really good time to complain? Like, God, why are you allowing this to happen to us? How many of you know that things don't always turn out the way you expect them to? I never in my wildest dreams would have imagined that my daughter would have went through a divorce. That my son would have become a full-blown alcoholic at a Christian school. But things happen in life. And sometimes we think they're going to turn out one way, but they turn out another way. But how many of you know that God can turn things around? But at midnight, Paul and Silas, instead of complaining, begin to pray. And they were singing hymns to God. And the uh, the prisoners were listening to what was going on. And suddenly, 
there was a great earthquake. And so the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all of the doors were opened. Come on, somebody say amen. How many of you need a door opened in your life? If you need a door open in your life today, I just believe that as we pray and that as we praise, that the doors will be open in your life. God can do a miracle for you today. It's interesting. Listen to what it says. Very simple stuff this morning. Immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains. Come on, everybody say everyone. Everyone's chains were loosed. And the innkeeper of the prison was awakened from his sleep and He came and saw the prison doors were open. Supposing that the prisoners had fled, he drew his sword. He's about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice, saying, Do not harm yourself, for we're all still here, because that man was responsible for all those prisoners. Come on, somebody say, The doors were open, the chains were loosed. I believe that this morning as we pray together, that he's a chain breaker, that he's a prison shaker. Amen? Come on, bow your heads with me and close your eyes and let's pray together. Father, I thank you this morning for your incredible and amazing grace. I thank you this morning that we are loved by you. Thank you for the word of God that says, for God so loved the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Thank you for the word of God that is true. Thank you, God, today that you love us. You gave your son so that the entire world could come to salvation through the blood of Jesus Christ. He loves you this morning. He loves you this morning. Every head is bowed and every eye is closed. You're here today, and you've heard the gospel even before today. But you realize today that you're not a part of the family of God and that you have not been forgiven of your sins and that you do not have eternal life. And you need that today. I love the scripture makes it so simple. For as many as received him, gave he them the power to become the children of God. For as many as believed upon his name. Today you're here. I want you to know that Jesus died on the cross for you. You could believe that today, but have you received that? If you've never received Jesus Christ as your Savior... You've never surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And today you're here and you say, Sal, I realize that I need a Savior. Please pray for me. Nobody looking around right now, if that's you, you want me to pray for you. I want you to lift your hand right now. Don't wait one second. God bless you. God bless you. That's awesome. That's awesome. Is there anybody else this morning? You're... Say, I want to receive Jesus as my Savior this morning. You can put your hands down. That's awesome. You're here today and you've you've received Jesus as your Savior before, but you're like the prodigal. You backslid. You're farther from God than you would like to be this morning. You say, Sal, I need to come home today, Sal. That's me. I want to run back to God to my daddy 
Sal, I'm backslidden, and I need to come home. Please pray for me. If that's you, lift your hand right now. No one's looking around. It's awesome. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. That's awesome. Lord, thank you for your incredible love today. God bless you. That's good. You can put your hands down. You're here this morning and you've been born again and you've been spirit filled. You're a believer. You're a follower of Christ, but you're not walking in complete freedom today. And you want to be free. If that's you this morning, lift your hands right now. Will you do that right there where you are? God bless you. That's awesome. That's incredible. God bless you. That's amazing. You might be bound by fear, unforgiveness, bitterness, or hatred, anger. Thank you, Jesus. You can put your hands down. Father, thank you for your incredible love. Thank you for the truth of your word. You're here this morning, and you have somebody in your family or your sphere of influence that needs to be delivered. If that's you this morning, lift your hand right there. That's awesome. Lord, you see all the hands that are going up. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that as we gather in this altar and pray over people, that the Spirit of God would begin to break, break addiction off the lives of people. We pray that the prison doors would be shaken and open. The very foundation of the reason why people have become bound by drugs or alcohol, would be shaken to the very core. And we pray, God, that you would release them this morning, that the doors would be open, that the chains would begin to fall off, not only in this building, but even afar off. Thank you, God, that you can move not only here, but outside of this room as we pray. So I pray in the name of Jesus, every person who raised their hand, Those who need a Savior. Those who need to come back home. Those who need to be completely delivered in this place. Those who have family that are bound by addiction. I pray in Jesus' name that liberty would be released in this place. Would you stand to your feet with me this morning? Will you do that? I'm going to ask our leadership team and the leadership of the church to come and gather across the front of this altar. You've been listening to Destiny City Church, a community of believers committed to helping others find and fulfill their God-given destiny. For more information, visit us online at destinycity.org.